to all our dear listeners in New York. Baruch Hashem, uh, the best Purim right now. And Baruch uh, Hashem, today um, we have a special program um, and we're coming back to dealing with education. And I mean to say that before we start, I would like to say um, a few words about the Purim that we just passed. Well, Chazal says that Latid Lavo, when the Mashiach will come, Kola Chagim, all the holidays of the Jewish, Itbatlu, will be cancelled. Besides Purim, Purim is going to be forever. Even when Mashiach will come, Purim will be forever. And more than that, when we're talking about um, Megillat Esther, the book of Esther, what we just read in the last Purim, also Chazal says that Kola Megillot Atidin Lehidbatel all the Megillot, all the books will be cancelled when the Mashiach will come, besides Megillat Esther. Megillat Esther will not be cancelled forever. And the question is, what is so special in uh, Purim and in Megillat Esther that Chazal says that they will be forever? Well, we have to know that there is a very huge lesson that each one of us have to learn. We naturally think that the world actually managing itself by circumstances and consequences. I mean, when you see something and you think that this is actually the nature and each thing that we see in our eyes has a reason why. I mean that if the science um, try to, re- to make a research why uh, a glass can break, they can find a lot of nature rules, um, the spaces between the warmth and coldness, and they can find a reason why it happened. When you throw up a ball and it fell down again, so science will say it's because of the gravity, gravitation. So there is a nature rules, and the world actually follow those rules. If you ask someone, tell me, how do you have your parnasa? How do you have your income? He says, I don't understand the question. I have a job. I'm working. I have something to do, and they pay me. So all my parnasa, all my life, it's depend in, the, in this job. And if someone will say, wait a minute, 
do you have to find some job for getting income? We naturally say, yes, of course. There is no any reason in the world that someone will have money if he doesn't have kind of job. But Chazaz, in a lot of places, teach us the total opposite. Totally opposite. If you see something happens in the world, you have to know that there is reason. And the only reason is Hashem's will. Because Hashem wanted it to be. If Hashem wants someone to be rich, and if Hashem wants something to fall down, it's not because of gravity. No, not at all. It's because that Hashem wants us to be. And Hashem wants us, want it every second to be exist. And at a moment that Hashem will decide, just stop wanting something to be, it will disappear immediately. That's what we say twice a day in the Tefillah Shacharit. We say, HaMechadesh Betuvo Bechol Yom Tamid. And I emphasize, Tamid always. Maaseh Bereshit. Rav Dessler, Rabbi Dessler, in his book, Mikhtav Me'eliyahu, the letter of Eliyahu, says in the chapter that dealing with Emunah Bitachon, he says that when you look at something, you like it, you look at a spoon, and you're staring at those spoon for a few minutes you probably think that the spoon has no changes. It's the same spoon that I saw in the last minute. This is exactly the same spoon that I'm staring at just now. But Rabbi Dessler says no. It's just an illusion. It seems to be the same spoon, but actually Hashem creating Every single minute, every single um, um, second, Hashem creating this spoon again and again and again and again and again. And because it happens very fast, this is the billions of creations. In our eyes, we don't recognize the differences. But actually, every moment, this is a new spoon created by Hashem's will. And there is no any connection between now to the last second just passed. And this is the thing that we have to remember and to remember well. The only one who managed this world is Hashem Isborach. But Torah Katuv, the Torah says in the Sefer Devorim, in Parshat Ekev, Akadish Baruch writing in the Torah, Veram Levavcha, 
ושכחת את השם אלוקיך. The Torah says, you might be forget Hashem who created you because you will be very rich. And Hashem will enrich all your assets and all your things. And you will have a lot of money in gold. And you will feel very proud in your rich. It means that Hashem demands us, you have to remind yourself every second that Hashem gave you everything. And rather, Hashem gives you everything, all the things you have, all the things that you have. And if you have $1,000 in your pocket in 12 o'clock, and those $1,000 existence in your pocket even in 12 and 1 minute, and 12.13, and 12.45, you have to remember that every single moment Hashem renew the existence of the money in your pocket. It means when you see circumstances of the world, all the world, it seems to us that it's managed by circumstances, by reasons. Hashem says, my dear son, I want you to know this is just an, an illusion. This is not a real fact. The real fact that, that if someone become rich is just because of my will, not because he's smart, not because he knows how to manage his business, not because of it. The opposite. Because that Hashem decided about someone to be rich, that's the reason Hashem gave him uh, the skills to make business. But it's beginning from the point that Hashem wants to be. And we have to remember it. So the bottom line is, when you see something happens, and you think it's naturally, when you throw up a bull and it's pulled down, it's not because of the gravity. And who made the nature rule that we call gravity? Doesn't Hashem did it? It means that you have to know that if the ball falls down, it's just because of Hashem's will, not because of the nature rules. That's why, when the Mashiach will come, all the Megillot will be canceled. Besides, Megillot Esther. You know why? Because if you give Megillot Esther to someone not Jew, to a Goy, and he will read the old story, and he will be very wondered. Tell me, dear Jew, why are you make big deal out of it? Why are you really think that 
This is a miracle. You made a Purim? You make a Chag? You're giving thanks to Hashem? For what? It's all reason. All the Megillat Esther actually established on circumstances and consequences. Mordechai discovered the secret that those two slaves is going to want to make their, the king die, and he avoided it. And they write it down in the Sefer of the Chronot, in the Memories book. And then Ahasuerus killed his wife, and suddenly he searched for a new woman, and suddenly he found precisely Esther, and Esther told him about Haman, Everything seems to be very nature. And that's why Hazal was insistent, insist, do not put Shem Hashem inside the Megillah, both in Meforash. Because we wanted to keep this Megillah by the nature, to teach us all the nature that you see in your eyes, don't believe it. It's just an illusion. Don't believe to your eyes, even if you see that someone hurts somebody else. And because of his pains, someone else lose something or lost something. Don't believe it. It's not because anyone. It's just because of Hashem's will. Even if you see circumstances, and you see very natural reasons. And you think that's, that's the way the world manage. Don't believe us. Don't get wrong. Every single action, every single result, every single con- consequence that you see in the world is just because of Hashem's will has nothing to do with the Naturally, reason. So the Megillah actually represents a reality of reasons, of circumstances, of consequences. But we, as Jews, know and believe that there are no any reasons can manage the world. It's all happening just because of Hashem's will. That's the great lesson of pouring. That's the reason that Latid Lavo Umalah Aretz Deayet Hashem Kamaim Layam Mechasim. All over the world will know that Hashem he is the only king. Hashem he is the only leader of this world. Hashem, He is the only one who managed this world. And this will not be canceled forever. Now the listeners, after a few words about the poem that we just passed, I'm inviting you to send us your questions. This radio show actually dealing with Chinuch Yeladim, with raising children. And 
I'm inviting you uh, to start sending us your quest, uh, questions from right now. You can do it um, by two ways. You can call us and be with us on air. Our phone number is 718-683-5858. I repeat, 718-683-5858. And you can also send us questions, commands, whatever you want via text messages. Our phone number for texting, one 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. If you want to elaborate your questions, um, you can do it via my email, abrahameducation at gmail.com. And today we will speak about very uh, important point of our child mental, um, the power of the mental of our children. So stay with us. We're going to a small musical break, and we will be right back, Bezrat Hashem. Stay with us. Bevakasha. Okay. 
Hi, the listeners. We're here uh, back. Um, and now, before we start, I would like to tell you something. A few weeks ago, I got a phone call, and um, there was a grandmother on the line, and uh, she presented a very uh, difficult issue with her grandson. She told me that she has a daughter, and she is married, and she has a one boy, 10 years old. And what is the problem of this boy? That he's always eating. He's suffering from a bulimia of eating, and he's getting very fat, and he's getting sick, and he cannot... Um, the parents cannot be stopping him from eating. They try to take away from him uh, stuff for food, and they try to avoid him from eating so much, but they cannot um, treat um, this issue. And they already um, visited 
in uh, a lot of uh, by a lot of doctors, and there is no solution for this issue. And she asked me if I can help her. Now, why I'm telling you that? Because I think that this question actually presents kind of problem that we're not always aware and we don't notice about this issue. And I will just show you right now how this story has a lot in common in a lot of few issues that we have in our own There is something that we call pleasure, enjoyment. People searching for pleasure. People searching to be in joy. This is the nature of the humankind. And I'm always talking about this point, that even if you want your child to pray in the shul, and you want him to be Mekayim the mitzvahs. And you want him to go by the, to walk in the right way. You have to find a way how to make him to find his pleasure by this way. But if you just put a focus about his function, I want you to be well function. And you don't put the most of the focus about his internal feeling, about his emotions, you don't, you're not just don't mechanic, you're not educating him. In most of the cases, you're actually making trouble, you're making damages. Because let's say that you forced your son to sit next to you in the shul, to open the book that we call Sidur, and to read these texts. So what? What's going inside his heart? Inside his heart, he's developing hate, hating for all the concept of tefillah, of shul. And actually, he makes a connection between this bad adventure to all the values you try to educate him. Because naturally, each thing, that everything that we just try to educate our children, they reject it because they're feeling that someone wants to influence their mind. And our personality built in a way that when we feel that someone wants to influence our mind, we automatically reject him. Because Hashem created a personality to be boycher, to make a choices in his life. Because that, that's the reason that the worst punishment that you can give to someone in this world is to be alone or to be in a prison, in a prison, because it's separating from the world. You make a barrier between him 
to his choices. He cannot make any choice forever because he is in a prison. Someone else deciding when to wake up and when to wake and sleep and when to work and when to eat and when to do everything else. You actually take him, take from him the right, the zechut, to be boycher, to make the choices of his life. So this is the worst punishment that someone can give in the world. So all of us actually, for all over the life, just looking for pleasure, looking to be enjoy. And it's okay, it's very good. That's the way of Avodat Hashem. Avodat Hashem has to be something that you feel the pleasure, that you feel connected to Hashem, that you feel that Hashem is actually hugging you. That's the way of Avodat Hashem. We have to remember it. To make the face with light, with warm, with smile. This is the only way you can make someone to be karov, to be close, to make him close to you. So there is a concept that we call it pleasure. But there is something else, more deeper, that unfortunately not everybody, not everyone is know this point. There is something that we call it a perception of a pleasure. Perception of enjoyment. And let me to explain it. Let's say that you have a little baby and he just born. The first adventure that he have in his life is the taste of the food. This is the only action, the first action that we can do since we're born is the ability to eat, to feel the taste of the food. And when we're growing up and we're actually developing ourselves, then our world became more open to receive, to get more adventure in, in, in the life. But in the few first years of the life, we purchase a perception about the topic of food, about eating. We actually feel that to be eating is very pleasure. It's very nice. It's fun. We love it. We love to eat. Look, everybody around you, how much they eat. Look, everybody around you, in Tanit Esther, in Tzom, how they look like. Now, in our mind, in our perception of the world, the way we're looking at eating about the food, we percept it as a very pleasure thing. It's pleasing us. We love it. 
Now, be honest with yourself. How many times you eat a lot of chocolates? That's just because you felt frustration. Just because you felt very boring. Without um, satisfied in your, in your life. How many times we eat just because we feel boring? Just because of our frustration. How many times? Why we do it? I know a lot of people, they're getting fat. They try to avoid from chocolates, from candies, and they cannot. Why? This is an emotional eating. We have a new concept in our world, emotional, mental eating. No, not at all. Because since we born in our mind, we percepted the concept of eating, the concept of food as a very pleasant thing. We love it. That's it. But it's put in our mind, in our perception, even if it, in a matter of fact it's not the truth. The real truth that if we really want to enjoy and we really want to feel the pleasure in the food, this is enough to be reason to avoid from eating a lot. Because if you really like something, you have to eat very little from it to be feel the taste of more. I want it more. So why we don't behave like that? Because in our perception, we love food. That's it. So I told to the caller, the grandmom, I suggest to you to suggest your daughter not to stop, avoid her son from eating. Not at all. They always was, were hiding it from him, hiding food from him. No, not at all. So what you suggest me to do? I told her, do the opposite. Give him double than he used to eat. And then she told me, but he's going to vomit it. I told her, Halevai, I wish it will happen. Why? Because each time you chase him, each time you try to avoid him from eating something, you brace his perception that the food is something special. And the proof is, this is one of those things that my parents tried to avoid from me. And the kid is very smart. They know that we as parents always trying to hiding very pleasant thing. That's the reason we told we tell him to stop playing, to leave the toys and come with me to the school, leave the playground because you have your homework. Each time that we demand them to do something, we actually take from him, take from them the things that they really like to do. So each time you tell him stuff to eat or you're hiding stuff of food from him, actually you do the opposite. You brace his perception 
But the food is very special thing. So I offer to you, give him double, and force him to eat. And don't make any barrier. Open all the, the, the shelf, all the, the clothes in the kitchen. Open it. Give him whatever he wants. In the first stage, he will eat and eat and eat and vomit and eat and eat and vomit. But finally, when he will see that you are not running after him, and do not try to stop him, he will be able to feel the real experience of his own life. That when I eat a lot and a lot and a lot more and more, finally I'm suffering from it. And when he when he will decide to stop it, the real gain will be that this is his own decision. That's the way Hashem created us, to make a choice. In a lot of things in life, you can find it. You can see that you're not really like something. It's just in your perception. Let's say that we know in our perception we feel that be slipping is very fun. It's very pleasant thing. And to wake early in the morning, it's very, very difficult. We don't like to do that. It's just in our perception, because try to imagine to yourself a snowing day, very cold outside. And your alarm, actually alarming, 6 a.m., and you and you awake and you say, "Oh, I have no power. I don't want to. I don't want to be out of the house right now. I just want ten minutes more. That's it." And you try to make it you turn in your bed and go back sleep, but it starts to be cold, and you're rolling on your way, your bed from right to left, from left to right, and you're suffering for thirty minutes. And then you say to yourself, oh, it's too late. I have to hurry up. So finally, you do it. You throw up the blanket. You have to dress yourself and to be outside. Even if it's snowing, and you know it. And you feel it. So why did you suffer for 30 minutes till you woke up? Why? Don't you worth the suffering two minutes, and that's it? When you clock alarm, get up your bed, dress yourself, and be out in two minutes. When we think about it, and we try to make sense, we actually understand, yes, you're right. I don't really enjoy this 30 minutes. But the problem is not the understanding, is not the knowledge. The problem is the perception. In our perception, to be slipping is very, very pleasant. We love to do that. But it's just perception of enjoyment. 
is not to real enjoy. It's a perception of pleasure. It's not the real pleasure. Many, many things depending in the perception. A phone number for your question. Text messages via 347 9278 I repeat 347 9278 our phone number if you want to be with us on air you can call us 718-683-5858 or
Well, here is my answer. I should try to translate it from Hebrew to in English. Hello to you. First of all, I want you to know there is no such thing which called social phobia. Unfortunately, I have to let you know this is just uh, something that the psychologist made up. There is no concept which called social phobia. I know it sounds very weird, at least, but I promise to be standing behind every single word that I'm telling to you, dear listeners. We have to know that each one of us has an anxiety when he's standing in a public. Each one of us, in some corner in the heart, feel a little bit of scare, a little bit of phobia when he's standing in public. This is very nature. This is very naturally think. And precisely, if you are in the center of the public, it means when you have to lecture, when you have to speak with more than one people, more than one person, it's normal. It's totally normal. If you can find a personality, a person, that he has no any, any, no fear to stand in public, he is very weird person because it's unnormal to feel nothing when you stand in a public. Each one of us has a little scare from the society. And this is normal. Why Hashem created this feature in our soul? Because this is a, a system that might be protecting us from doing nonsense in public. Because if you do something silly in a public, it's much worse than if you did it in your closed room. And we all understand it. So when we stand in public, we all feel a little bit of scare, and it's very good. This is a special system that Hashem created to protect us from doing silly thing in a public. So what is the problem? What is your problem when you're writing this question for me? Sometimes we don't learn the right way how to raise above and to overcome this fear when this fear beginning in, just showed in the beginning and we don't know how to overcome and sometimes this scare is getting worse and worse and bigger and bigger and it's getting out of the normal 
lines that Hashem created. Now, how to practice, how to implement the solution. Well, there is two stages that we have to learn about them. First stage says like this. I want you to test your behavior and try to find some situation that is not too hard for you to be in good function in public. For example, if you can make shopping in the market by your own without help of somebody else, and you can manage your shopping by yourself, this is very wonderful thing. Because here, you can be in contact in public, and you don't scare from a little short conversation with a salesman. It's very good. Taste your behavior. You will find some points. You will find some things that you can function in a public. Each one of us can do something. Or if you are able to sit in a bus without feeling threatened, or even if you can sit in a restaurant without feeling scarce, this is very fun, wonderful. This is just an example. You have to find your section that you can make your function a property. From now and ahead, you be aware to this fact. We notice this fact that you can do some things. And each time that you have a good function in the public, say to yourself whisperly. And this part is very important, the part of talking. I really mean it. Not talking in your heart. Speaking in your lips. Tell to yourself whisperly, each time that you have a good function in a public, tell to yourself, here I am, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Just be careful, nobody else can see you, because I don't want him to think about you when you, when they see you whispered to, your, to yourself. But actually, in a matter of fact, there is huge power in our lips. It's very, very important. Speak to yourself each time you do something right. Tell to yourself, here I am. I can do, I can do, I can do. This is very important. Now, repeat this action for two weeks or three weeks how many times that you can do that, do it more and more and more. In more than that, you have to initiate more and more situations that you're convinced that you will be able to be in good function in public. You have to initiate more and more and more situations 
even if it's easy situation, that you almost no feel any fear, any anxiety, very good. But each time, tell to yourself, whispering, I can do that. Here is my function. I raise above. I overcome. I can do that. Now, just after you made very deep the first stage, you have to pass to the second stage. Now, the listeners, let me to explain you the second stage of the treatment of a social phobia. Try to elaborate, to extend your operation section. For example, let's say that you can do your shopping in the market by yourself, but you cannot approach to someone who is walking around to you and ask, excuse me, where can I find uh, an apple juice? You cannot even imagine to yourself that you have the abilities to approach someone that you don't even know and ask him, please, could you tell me where can I find an apple juice? Now, this is your test. You have to try and you have to initiate access for this person that you don't even know and ask, excuse me, where can I find the apple juice? Now, if you did the first stage very, very good, probably you might be succeed to do this mission. Now, after you did it, even if you feel your heart knocking, say to yourself again and again, I can do that. I can overcome. I can raise above. I can do that. Now do this action once again and once again and once again. How much you can do that, it will be better. Then, slowly, slowly, you will extend your abilities and the space of your abilities. But the real gain that you will have that you will learn to raise above, to overcome. Because that's what all people around you actually doing in all the section of their life. And you also doing it in other sections of their life. For example, your abilities uh, to, to light the gas for cooking something without being in anxiety, with fearing, with, to be scared that any moment is going to be explosion because of the gas. By the way, there are some people, they cannot cooking because of those anxiety. And they're using an electrical uh, something to cook. I don't know how to say it in, in, in English. But by you, the section of to raising above, about the, from the scaring of the, to be in public, just stuck 
somewhere because of some reason. And you just have to try to overcome that. If you did those two stages, I believe you can treat yourself and the social phobia just will disappear. Now, the listeners, uh, we're going to one more musical break. You can keep sending us your text messages, 347-927-8398, or you can be with us on air via 718-683-5858. We're going to do a small musical break, and after that, with your texting, Bevakasha.
Now the purpose of this song is not to question why this mitzvah was given to me. The reward will be beyond my comprehension and I'll do it till Mashiach sets me free. All I'm asking is for some cooperation that my husband and our children lend a hand. If I'm a bit too quick to show frustration, perhaps this song will help them understand. I've got the here comes Pesach blues. A Jewish woman's gotta pay her dues. But my heart is pounding and my brain feels numb. Thinking about those tiny crumbs, I got the here comes Pesach blues. In general, parents supposed 
they they probably think that the concept which call this a plan this is actually a tool that help us to manage the house it's very very uncomfortable and very very difficult to raise undisciplined children and I agree it's very uncomfortable and that's the reason when I ask public when I ask the crowd tell me what issue you want me to speak on they always say please lecture about the discipline and I ask why you want me to speak about a discipline and they say because we cannot suffering it it's very uncomfortable to raising undisciplined children and you're right but I concern about the reason why you want me to speak about the discipline because it's actually testify that you don't understand what is in the matter in fact the concept of discipline Discipline is not a tool supposed to serve us to raise our children. The discipline, this is a tool that we have to grant our children for their own life. Because there are three, there are three important things in their life that discipline is necessary for them. The first point is their self-confidence in their future. Yes, the self-confidence is actually dependent in great discipline in the infancy, in the earlier age. The second important point is the ability to be with self-discipline to this is universal problem in our days, the self-discipline. Someone says, what's the problem to stop smoking? Do you know how many times I'm already stopped? <laughs> so it's not a problem, yeah? How many times, how many times you told yourself from Sunday, I start to be in diet, and you decided very honest and very strongly but in the first Nisayon, you fail down because you don't have self-discipline. Self-discipline in the future depended on the discipline. If you're raising disciplined children, they will have self-discipline. And the third important point is that you're at your mind. If you want your child to be in irrational mind in the future, you have to discipline them. I know that if you hear it from for the first time, it's very, very surprising for you. I will not be able right now to extend and to explain the whole issue of discipline, but I can inviting you to the website to the website of JRIC Radio. We have a lot of lectures dealing with discipline, and you can listen to it whenever you want. But 
few words about it. Actually, your child, he's just eight years old. And you have to know that one of the desires of the mental of anyone in the world, especially children, they want to feel that actually they're growing up in a safe world. They want to feel it. They want to feel that their parents are very strong, are very stable, because it actually makes them feel that the world is a safe place. And that's why they're trying to make issues of discipline, because they want in their subconscious, don't try to speak about it with them. But actually, your eight-years-old boy wants to demonstrate for himself, and he wants to feel that my parents are very strong. They can protect me. I always give the example about the soldiers in a tank. A soldier got a new tank, and he didn't have the chance to learn the full operation of this tank, and suddenly there is a war. Now you have to be in the enemy's area, and you have to drive this new tank. It's very naturally that in the beginning of the fight, he will feel very low self-confidence because he doesn't know this tool. If this tank can protect me? But during the fight, when he got some missiles and rockets, and he sees that his tank doesn't get, doesn't got even one scratches, now his self-confidence, self-confidence getting higher and higher because he's beginning to trust this tool. He's trusting this tank. So he relaxed. He calmed. Now he has the full consideration in the fighting and most of chances that he will win this fight. Now, it's the same thing in your house. You, as parents, just like the tank of your child, your child is, is the soldier. He has to feel that he sits in the most safe tank in the world. And he wants to feel you strong. When I sell, when I say to feel you strong, I don't mean that you have to smack him or hit him to show him that you are very, very strong. No, it's not a way. To show him that you're strong, I mean to show him that you stay calm and he cannot control you. Right now, you mention here in your text message that he leads you to scream. Why he leads you to scream? 
now he's starting to feel that he has some kind of remote control with a few buttons. When he pushed the button, he makes you, his mother, to getting unnormal behavior. It can expressing by screaming. It can expressing by yelling. It can expressing by crying. Doesn't matter how. But the fact that he has a remote remote control, and he has the abilities to control to rule his parents, getting very scared. He very scared from the fact that he can control you. Instead, you will be his safe place. You will be his protection environment. He's ruling you. He's controlling you. He cannot live with that. And in his subconscious, there is something push him out to do the next time, to do something more radical, more extreme, because he wants to prove to himself, no, my parents actually do strong. They have their fairness. When you see your child that he's screaming and doing all the nonsense, it's not because of he wants your attention, not at all. He actually screaming, please, mommy, show me that you're strong. Show me that I can trust you. Show me the remote co- the remote control is not in my hands. Please, I want to feel that you protecting me, and I cannot rule on you. So the rules say you have to stay calm when he is doing something stupid. You can hold his hand to help him to feel that you are strong, but don't get nervous. If you feel that you are nervous inside your heart, you will get nothing. It will not going to work. You have to stay calm and be convinced that in the action that you hold him strongly and you tell him, I will not move from him, from here, until you will be calm. And I will not let you do whatever you want, even if you're screaming, even if you're yelling. You're not going to move from here until you calm down. Do it once again and again and again and again. Then suddenly he will stay calm. Suddenly he will be more happier. And I want you to remember each time you do that, be convinced that you are actually granting the powerful of his life. You actually give him the tools to manage his life in the future. When you're convinced that you're actually doing the right thing, it helps you to do it. And one more important advice. If you feel that it's impossible for you to do that, and you cannot imagine yourself standing consistently, strongly, 
hold his hand and wait even one whole hour until he will come down. In the first stage, when you go to sleep and you lay on your bed, just close your eyes and try to make your imagination work. And just try to imagine to yourself the most difficult situation in the house in these eight years old boy. Think about him and try to imagine that he making troubles and imagine yourself holding him and try to imagine how you stay calm and nothing can make you nervous just in your imagination. And just try to getting sleep during those imaginations do it night after night night after night you will see like a miracle when the situation and the reality will be you will see you have the power to be insist and to be consistent and I really wish you very aslacha Dear listeners, if you want if you want to send us your text messages, you can do it via three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight or you can just call us seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. We ask from around to play some music, one single song, and we will be here right back with the continuous of your questions. Go ahead. Anima, 
there is no bad things in in the angels. There is no disadvantage in angels. So Hashem just could create us, created us just like the the angels. So we see that Hashem didn't create us like this. The only thing that Hashem wants from us is to be mitkadem, to be developed. That's it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks from us just from, for one thing, to be progress. That's it. To get on. Now, we have to know that today in our schools and the system of the, and the educational system, they call it educational systems. And I'm talking about Talmud Torah. And I'm talking about Bet Yaakov. The only important thing for most of the teacher is the mark. What is the bottom line? What is your mark? How is your report card? That's it. And this is a big whole lie. This is a real lie. Because this is not the reason why Hashem creating us in this world. Hashem created us just for one reason. To get on, to come along, to be mitkadem. That's it. And not more than that. And all the atmosphere, all the environment of the holy educational systems, Talmud Torah, Bet Yaakov, they always emphasize only one thing. The marks, marks, marks. Is this what Hashem wants from us? He wants report cards? That's it? After 112 years, 120 years, there's that Hashem. When you will be up there, you will show Hashem your report cards? That's what you believe? Hashem wants you to be mitkadem, to get along. That's it. Not more than that. And each teacher always puts the effort, put the emphasis about the marks, about the report card. He make a crime. Not less than that. Not less than that. A crime. When my child gives 100% in the test, in the exam, and I know that he didn't put an effort, I don't praise him. I just tell him, what, what you show me, 100%, give me a notepaper, I will write you 400%, whatever you want, how much you want. It is not what it really matter. What the matter is how many efforts you put inside. How much you was mitkadem 
how much you try to progress yourself ahead in Avodat Hashem. This is the only thing which matters up, up there in the sky. And this is the only reason why Hashem created us, to be Mitkaden. And Hashem has a lot of pleasure about any single inch that we step ahead, that we get on, that we come along. That's it. That's what Hashem asks from us. Sometimes I can hear from an Avrachim, 30 years old, 35 years old, don't feel satisfied in their life. And I ask why. Because when I was a young guy, I just imagined to conquer all the world, to manage the world. And look what I am, just a little simple worker, that's it. And I ask him, tell me, do you put some effort in Avodat Hashem to serve Gash? Yes. So why don't you emphasize in front of yourself the good things you did? Oh, what are you talking about? It's nothing. It's just a millimeter. So what? Can you imagine to yourself how much Hashem is happy in your effort? You cannot believe That's the message each one of us has to test in his house. I just want you to be mitkadem. That's it. Just try to get on. Not more than that. The marks is really nonsense. Believe me. I know what I'm talking about. Well, the listeners today... We have to finish this radio show a little bit early, and I really apologize from the listeners that they sent us uh, more texting, and Bezat Hashem, we shall read it in the next radio show. Um, my phone number, if you want to uh, reach me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. up to 12 midnight Israel time, you can reach me at 972 I repeat, three five seven eight eight three three four, or you can try to reach me uh, uh, 15 minutes after this radio show via my uh, cell phone, 972-540-9669, and also, if you want to invite me to lecture in your community, you can do it at the same numbers. Thank you very much. I was very glad to be with you. And Be'ezat Hashem will be here next week at the same time, at the same day. Thank you, and keep listening to J-Rich Radio.